You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424. 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV Scandal After Show. Oh, we have theme music now. What's up, gladiators? We're legit now. Oh God, that puts me in a good mood. Welcome to another exciting after show for Scandal. This is season two, episode three, the hunting season. Um, Oh, that's episode five of there, but no, no, episode three, right? <laughs> Just checking. Okay, uh, we're very excited to be here as always. Um, I'm your host Emil Ennis Jr., and I'm joined. I love the theme music. I, I, thank you, <laughs> Phil, in the engineering booth. Um, <laughs> I'm your host Emil Ennis Jr., and as always, I'm joined here with my talented and wonderful co-host. First, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley, and I am Bam Erickson. Obviously, another exciting episode to talk about. But before we do that, we want to do our scandal pace. And for today's scandal pace, we want to address um, Melly. And the question is, how did Melly know that Olivia and Fitz were intimate? And not just, oh, we got music all over. (laughs) (laughs) Well... You know what? I the my point my perspective is I don't know if Melly really knows that because at no point did anyone say that Olivia and Fitz were intimate. She knows that they had a relationship and a connection, but as far as sleeping with someone, she thought that he slept with Amanda. Did she know that he slept with Olivia? Yes, I believe she did because a woman knows sometimes when your husband is not faithful. I think she could feel it on the bones. Okay, she knew that he wasn't faithful. He wasn't present in the relationship. He never was present in the relationship, though. But I feel she never, like she said, she never knew that he was intimate. All she's seen is when they've made eye contact or catching them in a hallway in a close embrace, but never to the point where there's any indication that they slept together. But does she have... Go ahead. And I think, and I think I'm going to actually answer what Bam's about to say. I think it doesn't matter. I think at the end of the day, their relationship is actually more than a physicality. It's the intimacy. It's what they share together. And I think that's what she meant when she said you broke his heart. Because that has to do with getting inside of his head, his mind, his spirit, his soul. Which is different than just sleeping together. Because that's why she even denigrates Amanda, Tanner. And it's like, oh, that shiny red apple. Which is very different than the role that Olivia played. And, and then in conversation, when they were um, having a, um, the conversation at the end of toward the episode, she referenced that he re- she referenced that that was his girlfriend. So she knows, and whether if she had to hear, whether if she caught him, she doesn't have to. She knows she could feel it. She I, she knows. I just think she know. Maybe I guess the difference too between Melly's relationship with Fitz and Olivia's is Fitz respects and trusts Olivia, and he doesn't do that with Melly. Exactly, and I think that's the underpinning of any relationship and intimacy, regardless of whether or not there actually was closing the deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and that like scandal it. pays. Scandal pays over. Um, so let's first get into phone gate, um, and this was obviously a hot topic. This whole episode was on point from beginning to end. Um, but before we, you guys did, you uh, I know uh, we get a lot of tweets from your guys' fans, and a lot of them are East Coast fans. So uh, do you, would you guys want to take a call early on before you guys get into everything? Oh, do we have oh, a call? We have a call. We have a call. That would be uh, yeah. great. I think it's an East Coast person, so. All right, let's oh, take it. East Coast in the house. Hi, you're on live with Afterbus Scandal Recap. Hello? Hi. Hi. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, and I was just hearing this show. I was so confused. Okay. Hi, everybody. Okay. Tell us your name. All, this, can you hear me? Yeah, yes, what's your tell name? Tell us your name. Oh, oh. Hey, Pam. It's Pebbles. <laughs> Hi, Pebbles. Hi, Pebbles, Gladiator. How what's are you? <laughs> That's just a inside joke with um, Bam. But um, my name is Nikki. I'm calling for... How do you know the East Coast? Yeah, I'm calling for Maryland. I'm actually on the way 
way to work. And first, a shout out to you guys. You guys are the best after <laughs> after us. Like you guys, y'all are so informed. You give people like you give each other a chance to talk. You know, so I love you guys. Thank right. you. It's, it's letting I have me... no idea what you were talking about because I was in the shower. But I just want to say the part when fit change lives shoes. Mm. Oh my god. Mm. Being a woman, first of all, it was a lot he was angry, but it was a lot of passion behind that. And it translated on the screen because you could see in her face that it was just like, Oh yeah, this is this is my man. Because like <laughs> me as a woman if a man does something, even if it's something little, like, you feel that. Like, let's be honest. If I was on the West Coast, had on some needless high boots, went to boots, and bam, changed my shoes into the flip oh, oh, we go together. We oh, go bam. Together. <laughs> Why not eat milk? Wait. That's it. Oh, well, you know, I, me and bam, you know, bam, bam, travel, we got connected. I'm okay. Sorry. Okay. No, we 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 love it, and we totally agree with you. And we're gonna jump right into it. But I totally agree with you. I think that moment it was about the fact that they were angry with each other, and I think that in intimacy, when you're angry, it's that different type of passion where basically it it intensifies, and then it basically culminated with the scene at the tree. Because you know, to be able to touch someone's feet in that kind of a manner, like that's different than just someone being boyfriend and girlfriend, or even just sleeping together. That's a completely different level of intimacy. So I completely agree with you. You know what? Can you do us a favor, Nikki? Make sure that you tweet all of us so that we have your Twitter information so that we can carry on this conversation um, online and that you can call us back again. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Bye, East Coast Gladiator. (laughs) That was nice. That Um, was nice. But, yeah, let's get right into PhoneGate. So we saw how um, Olivia was watching the Battleground show, and she saw that her ex-boyfriend, the senator, Senator Davis, was it, Mm -hmm. was on there. um, And then she calls him after, and she's giving him advice, being the fixer she is. And then right after that— Well, let's before with that. We knew. From the minute we that did. little interaction, <laughs> we all looked at each other and we're like, wait a minute, but keep going. And even while she was watching it, just her facial expression, yeah. she was getting a little flustered, like remembering the old times. You could see it in her eyes. Um, but when she went to her car, this was the scene that they gave the sneak peek. And when she was in the car, she basically knew somebody was in the back seat, and she starts saying the list. You know, there's cameras all around. Um, what else did she say? I don't I'm, have any money. Yeah, I'm dialing 911. Yeah. Um, and then she, the guy in the back seat, who we find out later is Artie, he says, they'll kill me. And long story short, they know about the late night phone calls from the West Wing. And that's when shit hit the fan. You- yeah. Yeah. No, and I totally agree. And I and I think that it was it was so purposefully crafted because even Artie's pace was scandal pace, which makes sense. He was frenetic. He was like, Oh my god, I know you're a fixer, you solve problems, da, 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 da. you have to help me. And she's like, Get out of my car now. Yeah. And what does he do? He immediately gets out of the car, but he has to play his last card to make sure he hooks her. And I think that that statement that they're following you, they know about the phone calls. She had to stop. It, 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 there's, there's no way that Olivia Pope could have been doing her job, let alone being a normal human being, if she didn't stop and basically investigate further. This, it was a great This is scene. my question. If Artie needed them to crack the code so he can actually get inside of what was on his drive, how does he know about the late night phone calls? Because he couldn't hear them until, they, until Huck cracked the code. So how does he know? That's true, because didn't he just do data entry? Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, he had, he, the, he had the flash drive, no, and he took it to them so they can open it up. That's his cover. That's his cover. Yeah, that, absolutely, because you remember he and Huck are like the same, are like the same, yeah. you know, oh, the yeah, type of he, dynamics mm-hmm. they were having when they were having, like, it was like nerd talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm going to take it to a whole other level. That's like NSA, CIA, FBI, mm-hmm. nerd talk. So yeah. let's just keep that very clear. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it was a cover, and even, and I can't wait to watch it again, but specifically even Abby says, you know, 16 years in the same position without a promotion, he's either stupid or something else. And so obviously it's almost that they knew something wasn't right, but again, I think that he he morphed into that persona and gave them exactly what they were looking for, that nerd, that neurotic, the neuroses, all of those things, it made sense. And more importantly, as we've always said, any time it involves Olivia personally, her radar is off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's how he hooked her. It, it would have been different if he simply said they're spying on U.S. citizens. That would have been a big deal, but not really. But the fact that he brought it into her own personal home and in connection to the White House, 
then she's not necessarily thinking straight. And we always know that's where, where her gut gets a little... Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to an important issue because, you know, Olivia comes back to Olivia Pope and Associates and she presents the issue to her associates, which she doesn't really interact with that much in the way she used to. Um, and when she presents it, they're going over everything. And there is a point where um, she goes to talk to the boss. Yeah, at the mm-hmm. NSA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all saw the mannerism of how the boss was. And she basically, it was a staged answer. It didn't seem like she was really into it. And it was a cover-up. And later, we get back to Olivia Pope and Associates, and Abby, she calls Abby right after and tells her to get him out of there because they know where he is. And Abby has lost her place because she completely takes way too long to get him out of there. And it goes back to what we were saying last week, where Abby, basically, she doesn't know her place. Olivia is not God, but she does not know that Olivia is still your boss. You still have to listen to her. And when Olivia says, get this person out, you get them out because Olivia knows what's going on. I'm 50-50 with that. And if when we when we discuss Abby, I have a lot more to say about you, Abby. <laughs> you know, I, I get Abby. I get it that you want to know what's going on. But it's just like if, if you're in a field at a concert and your boyfriend starts taking off running, and he's like, run now. Are you going to stop and say, well, what happened? What's going on? But that's what no, they do Ab- in the movies. But- I know. No, Abby- no, 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 no. And I'm going dis- to... Abby needs to... She needs to be able to determine when it's time to ask questions and when it's not time to ask questions. And I think Abby is starting to think that she has a... Mm-hmm a higher position at Olivia Pope and Associates than she really does. I, I completely 100% agree with Keneally, and I think the reason being is, it's not a concert. Olivia Pope and Associates, for the most part, is a military operation. Let's just keep it real. And so at the end of the day, the reason that the military works the way that it does, and it has to have a chain of command, is so that in life and death situations, you're not asking why. You go through motions and you go through drills so that when I say run, you run. When we get to a place of safety and I give you the code word, then you can ask questions. Abby is 100% out of line, number one. Number two, we're not dealing with someone who has a sex scandal. We're not dealing with someone even who cheated on their wife we're dealing with someone who has who stole intel from the nsa literally the most secretive government agency that we have who's spying on american citizens when they talk about treason like they're not this not a joke like that that's worse than amanda tanner that is literally that men with guns in the middle of the night are gonna go do 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 and it's done it's that serious and abby is i think starting to play like they're in Candyland, and not that they are fixers in the nation's capital Washington DC. Well, her, at, go ahead. Her, her, yeah, she. Abby has totally changed, and I remember we said in the beginning how she's kind of being a little bit funny, and a couple, you know, she makes little smart comments. Especially she been she was making comments toward uh, Quinn all day. It was funny. It was cute the first episode. Now I'm just tired of her ass, and somebody needs to put her in her place. She she's just. I, I agree. She's totally out of line. I do understand why she wants to know things because of this whole thing with Quinn. Because you know they almost went to jail for this, so I, I can get that. But to keep throwing on rocks and hiding your hand it's like one thing you need to either go to Olivia and say you either tell me what's going on or I'm out but don't keep playing games because now it's getting to the point where Quinn had to cuss her ass out because she got out of line and Olivia's too busy right now to really give it to her but somebody needs to put her in her, to her place I understand she wants to know why but she needs to be put in her place real quick well I think an important point to make here is that we've kind of addressed it yes Olivia's off her game but Steven's gone Abby has now has a new role as the voice of reason, and I don't think she's ready to, or she hasn't figured out how to balance that with her old role. Go ahead. Or if voice of reason, okay. Abby, her instincts are true in some cases. But there's this a time case, and a place. Yeah, there's a time and a place. Abby is not mature enough to step into that role of Steven. She's not. Abby is very immature just the way she handled the Quinn situation. You got a problem with Quinn, address it and and debt it. It's over. Quinn is back. She's going to be back. So if you got a problem with it, swallow it. And shut and shut your mouth. And stop calling that girl Lindsay. Yeah. And I, but I think also too, I think it's also recognizing tone. And I think that's why she was like, get Olivia. Her tone was very curt. She said, get him out of there. They then took him to the safe house. You know, they set him up to the safe house. And again, I think this is where things always get a little bit problematic. The first thing he says is like, what kind of safe house is this? It has windows and so forth and so on. I think that because they presumably thought he was crazy, they weren't listening to him. Mm-hmm. Some of what he was saying was completely valid because it also shows that he's assessing the situation in a manner which is how Huck should be assessing the situation because he really should just be paranoid and basically be like, oh my God, people are coming after me. He shouldn't necessarily be calm enough to survey how safe a situation is. And to me, that was mistake number one that they made. 
that they weren't really listening to him because they just assumed that he, at that point that he was still crazy, even though they knew that he had stolen something of value because of the way that the NSA, um, the NSA boss reacted. Right, and then what? And even Huck really didn't have time to do that. She asked Huck to hack into something where he originally said it was going to take 22 days to get into. He didn't have time to assess that. That's when everybody else needs to step up. I feel like people are only stepping up halfway or they're stretched to capacity where they can't step Mm -hmm. up fully because Huck was supposed to, you know, he was supposed to, you know, say, okay, there's windows. Let's do this. Let's do that. He has stuff to do. So Olivia, she's skirting around somewhere. She couldn't do it. <laughs> Abby is somewhere causing trouble, stinking up the joint with uh, with Quinn. She couldn't do it. And Harrison, he Harrison is the only one who sticks to his job duties. Yeah. He sticks to his job duties. He doesn't do anything more or anything less. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I think he wove, and again, I think Artie Hornbacher wove the story perfectly. Like he he anticipated all of their all of their questions. So even in the moment when she was like, wait, no, who else knows when they basically try to hack in, that's when, you know, they go, okay, cool. Well, if we want to see if this thing works, then we're gonna try one of the highest level people that we know he can't basically hack into. And who do they choose? They choose Cyrus Bean. Mm-hmm. When they typed in his name and all of a sudden that computer came up. I I screamed at the TV. Yeah. You did. You did. You were loud. Yeah. No, I really was. And then and then when they asked, "Oh my God, is there audio?" and there was audio, that took it to a whole nother level. And I think that the reason that this show is amazing, and it's funny because when we're at the Paley Center, Shonda Rhimes specifically said, and we all know that they're in production now on what episode two two oh eight. Um, but she said she writes it obviously way in advance, but somehow it seems like it is so on point with current issues. Right now, obviously, everyone, the the biggest debate going on is Google, like whether or not people have a right to use your Google searches potentially as evidence in a trial or it's now coming up with both of the presidential candidates. It was scary because my brain started to think, wait a minute, I know it's just a show, but right. it makes sense to me that someone could hack into the camera on your laptop or on your computer, and if information goes one way, then information presumably can go the other. Mm-hmm. Let alone with our phones, we all know they're mini computers. That was just it's yeah, scary. Yeah, it was very yeah. scary. It was, it, was, it, was, it was very scary. So, they, but they knew at that moment they knew it was it was valid. And then obviously there was some kind of back end encryption that basically shut it down. That's when she asked him, "Well, someone else must know about this." And he was like, "No, no, no, no one." And she basically pushes him. And his response was so perfect. I thought that had to be authentic because he lied at first and said there was no one, and only when pushed. And then he offers up a name. He says he doesn't want her involved because he doesn't want to bring her into this. And so you know she sends Abby and she sends Harrison. They go in. Abby wants to play good cop, which she plays crazy Abby as always, mm-hmm. but she actually gets in. And that, from the yeah. minute they go in into the apartment and they see the keys, they then find that the that the young lady Monica, Monica is, is she's dead. dead. But but let's let's go back to let's go back to when they were um when they were watching the surveillance of um of Cyrus. Did you look at Olivia's expression? She had a oh. I don't want to say the word, but she had an old snap expression. She was petrified. She was terrified that at any moment, some that, that her colleagues were going to see her boot up with the president. Right, it's what, oh, why, <laughs> which is why she was trying to get Huck to shut yeah. it down so quickly. And, you know, obviously the program self-destructed in itself. But right after that. And, Huck, and Huck knew. And again, just being able to know uh, the, 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 the voice. Huck knew exactly right. when she said, Huck, right. Huck. Huck knew exactly what was going on. It wasn't just Abby should have known because Huck is a gladiator, and Huck has comments. Right, but like, not on. but but not only did Huck know, but Huck. I think Huck knows. I think if it's anyone who knows what's going on between the president, the president. and the president, Huck knows. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe because it wasn't just the Huck shut it down because it's sensitive information. It was Huck, Huck shut it down, down because there's sensitive information. Yeah, and he and, and I think Huck knew that. And so Huck was, you know, really making sure. Which that, at first, I didn't know if the computer or the program self-destructed or if Huck was being the gladiator he is and shutting it down to protect Olivia. <gasps> but I, I don't think that's what happened. But at first, I wondered that. Mm-hmm. Just because I know how much a gladiator Huck is and how much he cares about Olivia. But right after that, she goes and talks to her ex-boyfriend, the senator, about Thorngate. And, you know, he was kind of skirting around it. And then I, I tried to write the quote down, but it got good. It was something about um, she was talking about uh, the career. And he said, you always did. Oh, I have that. He said, um, I have so many notes. He says, uh, damn it. <laughs> you always put your career above everything. And yeah. then he goes, takes one to no one. Yes. Yeah. And it's true. 
And Olivia couldn't say anything because it's the truth. But it's, I don't want to say that. <laughs> well, she puts her career over everyone if you're not that person to get the other side of her because she did not put her career over Fitz. Right. She was for only if Fitz were a single man, she would be with Fitz. We can't say Olivia is not with Fitz because she cares about her own success and career. No, she's not with Fitz because he's a married, a married man. She put her career over the Senator because he just wasn't that dude. Like bottom line, if he were, she would have, you know, she would have taken a step back, focused on her love life because she was willing to do that with, with another man. Right. And he just sen- doesn't know that. And the senator did say, you know, you haven't called in three years. Yeah. She's been with Fitz for how long? 2006. Two, three, three years. She's and let's around. not forget the reason why she called him. It wasn't to reinstate their relationship or anything. It's because he was on the intelligence committee and mm-hmm. she wanted to get something from him. Right. Um, and so later on... Um, well, we get into fit scene that later, but uh, Cyrus call. We get to that later too. Um, they go to Monica's place, and she's dead, and we think it's a suicide because of the pills and the way that everything's planted. And later on in the episode, we find out that it was not the case mm-hmm. because when we did the flashback, we saw that when they were doing the whole investigation, he was um, lactose intolerant, allergic to insulin, and all this stuff, or no diabetic. And then we find out that Monica was actually injected with insulin. Mm-hmm. And what else did we find out? The car service. Yeah, the car service. service. And we saw that once they did the investigation, um, we, we can't, before we even get to that, we have to break this down because Huck, Huck took, they had him in the holding area and Huck was still trying to break the code and he was there with Artie downstairs, like trying to figure everything out. And I don't know if, I don't understand how Huck was off his game because, like you said, everybody's off their game except Harrison. But when he burnt the grilled cheese and all of a sudden it set off the smoke alarm and he had to open the window, that was not coincidence, obviously, because later on he escapes outside the bathroom window because Huck was distracted by that. Um, But Olivia, this was when Olivia called and she figured out that the car service, the license plate was will be watching no the license plate they had the the first two digits of the license plate number so they basically got that information from yeah. the dmv they ran it through and when they basically found the car service it was the the actual company like the shell company was called will be watching mm-hmm. so then basically she knew she was like wait we're being set up that's when they started to connect the dots with the insulin and they realized wait no it's Artie. she called and she basically was like where is he he basically was like he's in the bathroom she was like basically break the door down and he was gone, and that's when she knew. But I think just a step before that, you know, basically, and that's, I think, what Bam was saying in terms of the fact that they were, ta- basically, Ari and Huck were talking the same language. And he basically was like, you know, you're only running this on three computers. Like, you can't do this. And he basically touches his watch. Like, he's being fidgety, and he touches, he basically picks up a case that has a bunch of watches. And basically was like, why do you have so many watches? And Huck goes, don't touch my stuff. Which, as we, you know, Camelia can can mention, I think she made a very astute point if she wants to share about the watches. The watches, we'll... Huck was as attached to these watches. When he was talking, when the, the, the head of the department came in to Olivia Pope and Associates and she was talking, she was rubbing her watch and Huck was staring at it. My theory is, I think those, those watches are tied to Huck's victims or the people that he tortured, killed, whatever he does, you know, when he does what he does. But he was invested in those watches and the only thing Huck is invested in in his life and has a connection to unfortunately is the torture aspect of his life not his family he doesn't talk about his family he's very connected to that so the way he's connected to that and those watches to me it looked like it was one and the same yeah and, and, he, and he found Artie by the watch because of the radiation yeah. like he must have obviously dusted them with something so when Artie touched it there was some kind of radiation and he tracked him based on the radiation not from Thorngate yeah yeah, he's uh, he's very attached to those watches because when once he grabbed the watches, it kind of threw Huck off a little bit. He was like, "Don't touch my watches," and he was like frazzled about it. Like he was really connected to it. Yeah, and I, and I think it just shows. I mean, and I think it, the the whole twist of you know basically they try to to switch the scenario and they realize that the only way to fight this is to fight it on the way that they know how, which is the in the court of public perception on TV with Kimberly Mitchell. Um, they basically set up an interview. They basically ask as long as they can have an embargo. It's going to be an exclusive interview. But then basically the the White House shuts them down with an injunction. But then they realize, okay, no, play to the media's 
obviously the foundation of the media is the right of, of your, your, your First Amendment, right? Which is the basis of who we are as Americans. And basically, if they get the story out, the government can't come for them without looking poorly. Right. And again, I think it's what they always do. They tie into someone's personal connection. Because the network wasn't having it until they basically showed the network executive mm-hmm. his own house and his own wife talking about their sex life. It was done. It was and his weight, I mean, that was... <laughs> Hit a little too close to home for it. It hit a little too close to home. And again, when you see what's going on, that totally changes mind. So Yeah. And so I think until they lost him, it was it was a go. Yeah. 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 And then when they did lose him, like the agreement was that Olivia Pope and Associates would get twelve hours, I believe, mm-hmm. to find him. And then if they found him, all the stuff, the trees and all that stuff that the NSA was trying to bring against them would go away. Yeah. It would be a, they'd be even. Right. And if it didn't, then they would be um going they would right, go be going to, to jail. Yeah. No, but indefinitely. Yeah. They weren't going right. to jail. There's a difference. The NSA doesn't send you to jail. They send you away. Oh. You'd prefer to go to jail. Oh good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, so obviously Huck was pissed off about everything that happened with Artie and when Huck finds him Huck does what he does best and he shoots him with a tranquilizer first mm-hmm. and then we don't see what happens next but obviously we were going to assume that he was tortured and <laughs> he got what he needed back and everything was settled as far as that goes and he handed him over Yeah, yeah. That, that really pissed Huck off like he was more defeated by the fact that he got away than anything else. This whole time, you know, stuff bothers Huck or he'll do his job. But that, he was really upset. Like, you could tell he was, like, seething when they were talking about finding him. He was, like, seething in the back. Kind of like uh, the Hulk in The Avengers. Yeah. When the Hulk would, you know, when he would turn into the Hulk, he would be just panting. And, you know, he looked like the Hulk. He didn't seem that upset to me compared to uh, to previous episodes. But you can tell that he was pissed off. He was pissed. But he, to me, he seemed like he was more of a calm pissed off. Like, he had it more control versus the other, uh, and versus previous episodes where he seemed like he was a little out of control because when he when he confronted the guy he shot him with the tranquilizer but the, i didn't i didn't see like i didn't see like beads of sweat boiling off his forehead which which kind of well, go- i think the rage was before that though like in previous things like leading them. up to but even but even but even even when he was standing behind um alleviating them i didn't see that's when i saw it the most though see and this is i think where it gets scary and i think this is our analogy of his addiction the first time it's because he had been sober for so long that first foray back into that world is going to be unnerving his body's not used to it in a weird way he's gotten back into the groove so i think he was upset for a multitude of reasons but it was calm because now he's he's actually being more of his old huck self and is actually comfortable in that space but basically this guy took away who he was like he is the one who keeps everything in line for olivia like he doesn't mess up like just like harrison he knows his job and he does his job by losing him he literally was like wait a minute i'm off my game and basically knew like he kind of can't be in limbo and so not only did he shoot him with a tranquilizer right before that he was like no i like my job Mm -hmm. like so again with the whole job analogy he's like no i like torturing people and after he shot him with a tranquilizer he was like the tranquilizer will wear off in a couple minutes then we'll talk Mm -hmm. so basically what he's saying is i'm gonna talk to you when you're a hundred percent cognizant and can feel everything i'm about to do to you Mm -hmm. that to me is scarier huck i would prefer him out of control than in the calm space that he was and angry well Quickly, before we go yeah. to the love triangle that we love to talk about, um, I want to address the last scene with Huck and Olivia. We talked about how we felt like Olivia hasn't been stepping up as a friend. Did you guys feel? I still don't feel that she's doing her job because Huck's there for her constantly, constantly being a gladiator, constantly being such a great friend, saying, you know, you shouldn't be walking alone anymore. Huck's there for her. And, you know, she passively asked him, oh, are you okay? Like, I feel like it's still that soft, not really caring. Yeah, she, it's was more... like, she was like, did I, did I open a door that you can't close? Is that what she said? Yeah, and then it's like, of course Huck's going to say I'm perfectly fine. No, you have your friends. You'll ask them something. Are you okay? Oh, I'm doing fine. It's, it's, it's fine. I'm fine. Well, you know, good and well, they need help. They want you to talk to them. They want you to ask what's going on. But what's up? I don't think that that is the way that Olivia should uh, d- deal with with Huck. When you know that, when you know that someone has a problem, by you saying, you know, Emilio, you, I'm sorry, Emil, you have a problem, and you need to. Um, but what is the way if she's not doing anything? I feel like that's even worse. She's only addressed it this time. She hasn't said anything. If you have a friend that's on crack, let's, <laughs> go, let's take it to an old crack, school rock, crack, rock. drug. If your friend is on crack, 
they stop smoking crack, but then you introduce them to the crack again and you don't address what you've done and try to pull them back out of that situation, you are just as wrong as anyone because you are enabling them. You are an enabler. That's and, such a and, good point. And one step further than that, and if it's that you're telling your friend that they have to go back to crack because you, they owe you for saving their life. So at the end of the day, even in terms of Huck, when he basically says, she goes, thank you. When he goes, no, thank you. Huck is so devoted to Olivia because he he literally feels like he owes his life to her. So she she's using that she she's played her card already like he's already paid her back and then some so so literally I think she's actually even worse than him because he actually has an addiction and has been sober for as long as he had Thank he you. only did it for Olivia and because he say, feels oh, like he okay, it would be different okay, it would be you different got me so okay. who cares okay you got me <laughs> I'm just saying it would be different if he went back to his addiction by himself but because she was the person who put him back in that situation she needs to own up and take responsibility for what she did and I she got, needs to pull him back out okay yeah. I won't say another word all right. People drugs don't say you say are you back to using drugs they say no they don't say yeah i've been smoking crack all day yeah. and no. just on the they last thing i know that. that we keep um to keep on this point when he said i'm okay that was not an i'm okay right he could have done a better job he wants her like he and the only reason he's not is because again he is her gladiator he is her savior and he just he doesn't know how to do anything else other than to be that and yeah. the reason why she can't concentrate is because she's getting felt up on trees. So let's talk about the love no, triangle. No, no, no. I and think actually, reason- though, but before that, before that, though, and you guys know that obviously we are so passionate and we are so passionate because we love this show and we love talking to you guys. We love talking to you guys on iTunes, on YouTube, on Twitter, everywhere. But as you guys know... Literally, some of you guys watch us on YouTube, but some of us also, some of you guys also listen to us on iTunes. We have absolutely amazing podcasts. And basically, all you have to do is you go to iTunes.com, you click in Scandal, and then you click in AfterBuzz, and we pop up, and all of our podcasts are there for season one as well as for season two. And basically, what you can do is you can rate, you can comment, and you can subscribe. And by doing that, what you do is you help us do our job, and we read all the comments, and we read the ratings, and it helps us do better podcasts. We can answer questions like the scandal pace questions um and also too what itunes has right now is they even have like a new app and you can download the app and it allows you to organize your podcast so that whether or not you're on the bus whether or not you're at work my personal favorite or you're doing whatever you're doing you can listen to our podcast but it's really really important for you guys to make sure that you go online that you rate you comment and subscribe and more importantly tell a friend a lot of people don't know that we're you know that we have podcasts so make sure that you go to iTunes you rate comment subscribe and tell a friend a lot of people don't even know what a podcast is <laughs> that's true that is actually a, that is a very good point. Well, basically, a podcast is just hearing us versus seeing us, which is really, really great. And like I said, it's great for listening at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Sophia. Um, so let's talk about the love triangle between Melly, Fitz, and Olivia. Um, so <laughs> this first scene that we see with Melly, it was a spark there again. Uh, Fitz was... And obviously, Cyrus called him out later, so we don't know if this is artificial or if he's actually trying. But Fitz, Melly was folding clothes, um, baby clothes, and talking about how cute they were. And Fitz comes in, and it wasn't the normal Fitz where he's disinterested and doesn't really care about what's going on. He doesn't care about Melly. It was a genuine interest in what was going on, what she was doing. There was a spark in his eyes where it was like, this is the woman I love. Oh, you look attractive. I'm kind of, oh, okay. Like, it was, it, was some, it was chemistry there again. It was chemistry. Chemistry, I don't think we've seen... In the whole show, that was the first time that I saw genuine or what I think was genuine chemistry between the two of those people. And you could see it even in Melly's face where she was like, "Okay, I'm getting my man back. Okay, like it's working. That's exactly because he basically even said what? And she was like, this feels nice. This is nice. Like she she felt it. Yeah. Which says at some point they did care about each other. This they said before we haven't been happy since we got in the White House the last three years, whatever that you know, whatever the time frame is. But they had a relationship. Now we don't know, like we said last week, we don't know if they really loved each other, or if it was just like a partnership, whatever. But there was something there. There was respect, right? Because Kenilla, you did say last week that. Uh, when they were talking in the past and when they first met, she never, they, there was never a, a mention of love. They never mentioned They it. mentioned love. So they could have a very good relationship, like a very good man-woman relationship, closeness, but maybe no love. That's what, that's what it seems like. Because 
again, that whole car scene, we talked about that. We're not mm-hmm. really going to go into it. But nobody said in, at any point in time we used to love each other. It was just we had a partnership and we, we had an apartment, yada, yada, yada. So Now, the only mm-hmm. quick things, and then we, we have to just go on to the next scene. I think it's very... It was very poignant that she was so happy to fold the clothes because they were from the Queen of England. Mm -hmm. Granted, I would be geek too. (laughs) But again, I think it shows kind of where her motivation is. That it wasn't just that they were baby clothes and they were cute. It's that they were cute because they came from the Queen and they are vintage and so forth and so on. And I think that whatever that moment was, that moment only could have taken place because Olivia wasn't returning his phone calls. So again, because somehow that void of intimacy was not there with Olivia, there was somehow a space... For him to potentially interact and engage with Melly, which we will see flips very quickly, and even she is aware that something happened to switch the scenario. Well, but I, I, that was at that point, it almost seemed like okay, Olivia is not returning my calls. Let me let me um, fix in my mind to leave this situation alone. That's what it appeared like. In, in that in that moment with uh, with Fitz and uh, with Melly, where he was, you know, that's, that's what he was saying. But then it just seemed kind of weird out of the blue that after he has this great moment with his wife, where it appears that he's trying to get over Olivia and basically start to love his wife, then he would have his security. Uh, then he would have his security guards. Tom, well, wait. Uh, but the reason uh, why he was didn't have this. he saw. Ahead. He saw the picture of Olivia and that's right and Senator Davis, and then it was the whole conversation with Cyrus because Cyrus was on another one with his. First of all, props to um what uh, was Jeff Perry. Mm-hmm. He is such an amazing actor, but every time he has some type of monologue, it is always on point. And this one, he was basically tick, calling the tick, president. Thank tick. you, saying he was like a ticking bomb and he didn't want to defuse the bomb. But the key thing he mentioned was he called the president out. On the fact that he wasn't happy, he was pretending to be happy, and the fact he didn't have his late night phone calls anymore, something was going on. And we'll talk about later why that was an important point. Um, but yeah, every time Cyrus calls the president out, it's like Cyrus isn't afraid to talk to the the leader of the free world. He's not afraid because Cyrus is comfortable in his own skin. He knows that what he's saying the when he was talking to his husband, he said, you know, I can't have a baby with you because I already have a baby and my, my, my baby is taking care of the president. Exactly. Yeah. So he's like, in a way, he's like, um, fits his father. So he knows something's going on with you and you can pretend to do this whole fake happiness thing right here. But I know when a man is truly happy and you are not happy right now, you're pretending to be happy. You're trying to tell everybody you're happy, but I know you, like, I really know you. And you know, it's like your friends when you like put on a smile and they they know when you're really smiling, know when you're really happy. And so Cyrus has that point where he's not he's not going to take this little act that he's doing. But the key point was when Tom and Hal were sent to get Olivia from her apartment, five o'clock in the morning, sent to get Olivia from her apartment. She's dragged out of her apartment, and then later on we see that while Cyrus and um, his team are hunting, which that brings up another point with Melly and the whole hunting thing. Did they talk about that during the baby? Mm-hmm. When she was folding yeah, clothes, exactly. that was when mm-hmm. she was talking about the hunting thing, which is another important thing. Um, she was talking about how, you know, she loves to hunt. And you could see her passion for hunting. The president had no interest. But I felt like her passion for hunting was her passion for hunting, but also her political gains. Um, but, yeah, we talk about or Tom and Hal came to get Olivia. And then later on when they're hunting, obviously the president's with his team. And then Cyrus sees Tom and Hal come up and he says, OK, you need some time to yourself, you know. And then we find out Olivia came. And we have Treegate. Well, yeah, but we just have to go to the car first. Yes. Oh, God. So, basically, even the way that he approaches the vehicle, like, for a split second, I got confused, like, wait, like, are you are you mad that she's here? Because he was like, get out of the car. And she's, you know, doing her normal, like, they have to always have that, that, that kind of caustic banter initially. That's just what they do. And he, again, says, get out of the car. And then he basically raises his voice and was like, get out of the damn car, Olivia. He never calls her Olivia. Let alone get out of the damn car. Like, and even Olivia, like, Olivia got out of the damn car. <laughs> See, that really upset me. Like, I, on a bunch of levels, for one, don't raise your voice at me. Take your wedding band and you, in your high voice and get out of my face, first of all, because I'm not your wife. We may have a, we may have a relationship, but you're not going to yell at me. Second, you told me to come here. (laughs) You told me. You came and got me. I was in the bed. She was sleeping. He had her come out there. And three, she didn't want to get out the car. Maybe because she knows people are watching you. 
And she didn't want to be caught up in the hoopla again with a married man who is the president. I don't, I, I just did that whole situation that made me look at Fitz in a very bad light. And just piggybacking on what Camelia said, like and it's and it's and it's some things that we actually said in season one that I was always a little bit uneasy with Fitz because Fitz's ability to to switch his face at whatever suits him, and even how he says, "I'm a better politician than you think," it makes me think to myself. They are completely different in their power and balance, right? He's the president of the United States of America. And, and as we've seen with previous presidents, ironically, an affair isn't going to bring them down. It just isn't. Like, we had one situation where it almost hit, and even then we were like, okay, dude, like, that's really... No, no but yeah. seriously, that's yeah. not going to bring down our democracy. However, Olivia being a woman, having an affair with the president of the United States of America who is married... All credibility that she ever had would be done because all anyone would ever say is that she is a cheater, she is a mistress, and more importantly, that all of her power came from the White House, which we know is the exact opposite, but no one would give her the benefit of the doubt. So I do agree with Cornelia. She's always cognizant of it, that even with her phone calls, she, he, Fitz has to always remind her we're on a secure line. But she's always thinking why, because at the end of the day, she's a fixer and she's pragmatic. And I agree with you. He shouldn't have raised his voice, but it made for an amazing scene. But, yeah. ladies, I can understand why Fitz raised his voice. He's upset. He's very frustrated because he cannot get to the woman that he loves. Because he's uh, married. Because if he's, you got a problem with the Fitz, wait, 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 you shouldn't have been married. Take your wedding band. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Remember, I said, wait, hold on. I said that last week. I, I said it all the time about she's he's he's married. I've said that all the time. So now we're, the roles have kind of reversed. No, I'm, no yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you because I, I said Melly has every right to have this cocky attitude to rub her stomach because she is that man's wife. But Fitz, you're jealous because you're in a situation with a woman that you can't have because you are already with a woman. I, I get he couldn't control. I, I get that he was emotional and that he was, you know, overtaken by the whole situation. But really, you got to yell at me. Don't yell at me. <laughs> OK, but let me but <laughs> let, let me let me go a little bit further. So he said he yells. He says, get out the damn car. Then there now she's sitting on a little piece of wood and she has on her heels. Then he goes over and then he takes off her um her heels and gives her boots so that they can walk. And so there although he was yelling. I think I think that from her perspective, it kind of turned, turned her on. It was sexual tension. Well, this yeah. is this is this is what it, part of it was, oh. and I think that this is what uh, this is what oh Pebbles or Nikki was alluding to specifically with Bam, 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 Pebbles. I get it now. I got it before, but I just had to mention that to hopefully make him a little bit embarrassed. Um, but it actually goes back to uh, the other woman, and it has to go back to what she was saying, where you want to fight over who does the dishes. Presumably, they actually never fight. Right? Because they don't have the f- a full relationship. Does that make sense? Like, at the end of the day, they probably had to see each other when they had to see each other. It was, you know, a, a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, right? And and as we've seen, the only aspect of the relationship this season has been phone calls, right? So at the end of the day, in their own little vacuum, they're having a spat. It's like when you're mad at your boyfriend and he won't talk to you. And basically you're like, well, I'm mad at you. Well, I'm mad at you too. But I think that the the point of the scene where he basically was taking off her shoe, it kind of was saying, I may be mad at you and I may not like you at this moment, but I still love you. And that intimacy is still there. And more importantly, not only the intimacy, the intimacy I think really legitimately overtakes them in a way that makes them not logical. I think it, it it literally, they can't control it. And so it, everyone, the person that they normally are without that energy is, is exact opposite of the person that they are with the energy. And I think that's why he raised his voice because he's never done that before, because I think he was that frustrated. He didn't know how to express it in any other way. And even, you know, then he basically was like, oh, with your boyfriend who you lived with from, you dated from 2002 to 2006 that you lived in Georgia and you had an engagement ring because she basically was like, wait, you investigated me? Because he was out of pocket for that. But when she he asked her to, you know, are you guys screwing again? But I felt like it was on another level. Yes, it was disrespectful. But think about it this way. It goes to where you're in a relationship. And sometimes it may be that when somebody is so jealous, it's a turn on, which obviously she was turned on. Mm-hmm. I think by the fact he was jealous because right after that whole scene, they were making out. Swap and spit. I'm not a 
actually sure if it was the jealousy. I think at the end of the day, you forget. They had been having phone calls, but they hadn't been seeing one another. Here, you basically have the buildup, just like with any other fight. It's the culmination of everything, and it's just... There's only two ways to go, and I think it went exactly as it needed to go, is that they embrace in a way where it was like, oh my goodness, we're fighting because we love each other so much but can't be together. And basically, she's trying to remove herself from the situation. He is not letting her, and not only is he not letting her, he he literally won't let her move on because, so what if she's screwing some other dude? Just like Camelia said, you're married, and you're the president of the free world, so you can't get a divorce because even though he's saying it's your fault... He is not taking ownership. Of course. Just because, no, just because they gave him a solution didn't mean he had to take the solution. Seriously. He could have at that moment been like, no, you know what, Olivia, I know you're a fixer, and I know, Melly, you're my wife. I'm not doing this. I'm going to address the American people. I'm going to admit what I did. I'm going to resign, and I'm going to move on with my life. He, again, and I think that's why Cyrus talks to him in the way that Cyrus does, he doesn't take accountability despite the fact that he's the president of the United States of America. Absolutely he's not going to take responsibility. That's what we men do. We want our cake and eat it, too. Hey, don't 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 put me in that. Well, I mean, that's that's just how that's just how a lot of us thinks. You know, of course, he's going to throw out the fact that, oh, so you're screwing her now. Like, he's not thinking like, well, I am married and I have my wife and I got my kids who we never see. <laughs> um, he's not thinking about that. He's only thinking about her. And that's how we that's how we think when we are when we're so wrapped up. Most of us, some of us, some of us. But I don't think we were any of us were prepared for what happened after because, you know, it was getting pretty intense there were some hands going some places and then all of a sudden the security that cracked me up. <laughs> the security turned around they turned around they were looking like this and they kind of gave each other because the they knew what was they going just, on they, they knew exactly what was going on but when olivia pushed him away and said i am not yours because it's it's true i mean to me this goes back to in my opinion, why Olivia, when Melly comes around, she kind of get takes that, you know, that understudy role. I don't think she takes the role because she is afraid or she feels like frail or weak. She feels guilty about the situation. And that's and the, any 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 woman who's dating a man who is in a relationship feels guilty about it at some point. And if you don't, you don't have a heart. But she especially feels guilty now that Melly has went out and opened and said, I know what's going on. This is even worse. It's not like, okay, I feel guilty, but she has no clue. She has no, she knows now. Also, Amelia, too, someone also, on YouTube, someone on YouTube also mentioned that previously they actually had stopped their relationship. So technically a lot of times when she was doing the, the chit chat, the small, they weren't, they hadn't, she hadn't been to the White House. That's why she quit. So it was actually all good. So it was something in the past. So she was actually able to interact with her woman to woman, quote unquote, friend to friend, just like Keneally and I think other people have said. Now, because they're actually engaged in something, even if it's just phone calls up to level of intimacy, that's why she feels guilty, as well as the fact that now the cat's out of the bag. They all know. It was one thing when you were doing it in secret, so you had to put on the facade. There's no, there, you can't put a facade back on. The cat's out of the bag. You can't put it back in. Yeah. And let's, let's think about it. Olivia didn't just work with Fitz. She worked with Melly. Yeah. She had a working relationship with them. Melly probably even thought they were friends. So if you want to talk about guilty, to to Melly, it could look like Olivia stabbed her in the back. That's like having a, that's like you working like, yeah. with a with a teammate, you and your husband on the same team at work, and he's sleeping with some chick and you find out and you're like, You've been talking to me in my face the whole time? You were supposed to be my friend, or at least we were. You're supposed to have a respectable, uh, you know. You're supposed to respect my relationship. Olivia knew that they were on the rocks. To to Melly, Olivia could look like the most scandalous person. You knew my relationship was on the rocks because you helped us. You helped us fix it for mm-hmm. the for the for the campaign. You knew he was vulnerable, and then you slide in and you you get intimate with my my husband, and you still smile on my face. Melly could look at it that way, but I think Olivia, as far as guilty, I would feel guilty about it. I would pull away too. Can you? Not only do I think she's guilty, but in all honesty, I feel when she said, "You know, I'm not yours." That's what she needs to tell herself to make her seem like this situation's over. It's not over. It's not over. And speaking of and speaking of before it's over, let's get into um really quick uh new fall lineup here on afterbuzztv.com. And so we have uh, at least 50 uh, new shows that we have on the schedule. So you guys make sure you go to afterbuzztv.com. We have a lot of great shows, some are scripted, some are reality. We have a plethora of different episodes, so be sure you check it out because there is something for everybody. Of course there's scandal, there's um there is um 
What do you do? Home the what do you do? Oh, we well, have I homeland. Mean, homeland, yeah. Jersey Anarchy, Shore. Jersey Shore. Yeah, just some great shows. Castle, Revenge. <laughs> yes. Oh, Revenge. Oh, revenge. I can't wait. Yeah. And then there's we Nashville. have reality shows such as uh, um, we have The Housewives, we have uh, Honey Boo Boo, that just always cracks me up. Uh, Jersey Housewives. We just have a whole bunch. So you guys just make sure you go to www.afterbuzztv.com uh, and check out our fall lineup. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, gladiators. Yeah. Um, Your voice cracked. But, I think, <laughs> but, I, but no, but I, and I, but I think, though, I, I do agree with you that she's telling herself, but I also think she's starting to realize because, again, they're out in public. Like, I don't care what type of secure hunting facility they're at. At the end of the day, there are two people on either side of them. And I think that for once, she comes out of her spell and she looks around and she basically, I think, is literally asking herself, like, how did I become this person? Because even though I agree with you in terms of the guilt, Melly is still complicit. And we'll get to that a little bit later or possibly on Twitter. I think she really is like, how did I become a person who is this vested in something that I cannot have? It's there is called... never a time that it's going to be okay. It's... Even if, hypothetically, four years from now, the presidency's over, he writes some book, and so forth and so on, there is no, in no universe, can he ever divorce his wife and be with Olivia and let them have the life that they want to have? And so I think she is literally overwhelmed with emotion. I think she pushes them off in a way that I am not yours. And it's kind of what I said to before. I think she's trying to reclaim who she is. And she's like, this is not my legacy. This is not who I am to be at a tree with a married man with two other people looking on, regardless of whether or not their backs turn. And even that shows that it's something that is not right. right. And even though, oh my God, I, I love them. Like I can't, I'm that, I'm that invested in them. Like, oh, lit is the truth. But in this universe, it cannot it exist. Ever. So, it Fair, she exist. got that way because of love. <laughs> she did. Damn. So, let's, let's go to Melly. Melly is, or Fitz is obviously troubled by the whole situation. So, he goes home. He's sitting at the dinner table. Clearly, not even being in a relationship, I feel like when you know somebody well enough, you know when they're in a certain mood. So, when Melly walked into the room, I don't care how into yourself you are. When you walk into the room, you see your husband's looking down, eating dinner in a solemn state. I feel like she would be able to notice that, but she was so focused on what was going on with Queen Elizabeth and folding the clothes and all this stuff and the baby. And then finally, after talking for like a minute, she's like, So, how was your day? Not. Are you okay? How was your day? Because she still didn't tell. She don't give a damn. (laughs) She don't give a damn because when she knows that when he feel when he's when he's having a slump, it has something to do with that woman, Olivia. She don't give a damn. But did she even notice that? Because like she was so into what she she was focused on. She's not stupid. She's not a stupid girl. She was going on about her business. She didn't get I don't think she gave a damn. She knew that something was going on with him and she didn't want to maybe ask him at first because maybe she would get a vibe that it has something to do with living. I just don't think she could No, I think that she she was Melly. Yeah. And I think, again, and I think this is where it always comes down to, Melly has not changed. Melly is exactly as she was in season one. Melly has always been been self-centered into herself, so she's still on her on her baby high regarding the queen. I think it's only when he basically looked at her in a way like, oh, what, you thought something had changed? That was the moment. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't simply that he was in a bad mood. He literally looked at her like, oh, what, you thought that that little interchange that we had, that moment where I looked at you, like, for two seconds too long, did that change anything? That's why she had to basically go to Secret Service, and she basically was like, okay, cool. Before my husband went hunting, we were all potentially, like, forgiven. And now all of a sudden we're back to normal. And that scene was great, by the way. That scene was great. And then basically she asked basically, like, Hal, and I can't remember the other guy's name, Tom. You know, Tom, thank you, Hal and Tom, like, what went on? And they, and obviously she's like, okay, cool, I know that you can't say anything. So she's like, I'm going to run through some scenarios, and you blink when I get to the situation or the person who put my husband in the mood that he's in. And he blinked twice. I would have had, he blinked multiple more times. I would have had more respect for oh, him if he would have at least, at least took a pause. It was an immediate, like... <laughs> But also, too, I think you should you you can't underestimate how intelligent she is mm-hmm. because the way that she she didn't just start off with that she threw so many other things like that's like a lying technique. Does it make sense? Because basically, she placed she placed like the um like the keyword in someone's head. Like you will blink when this happens, right? And you go, oh, there's no way I'm gonna blink. There's no way I'm gonna blink. So he's thinking about it so hard, like I'm not gonna blink. I'm not gonna blink. And then it happens. And he blinks. And but, it shows that the other guy is more <clears throat> more of a soldier than he is because yeah. that's why he kept his gaze on purpose slightly askew and wasn't actually looking at her. They should have knew better. 
They should have. But Melly, these are her tactics. Melly yeah. didn't have to ask Fitz what was wrong with her because she knew how to get the answer. Just like with the whole um, with the East Sudan thing. Mm-hmm. She well, when they had the interview with uh, Kimberly, what's her name? Kimberly Mitchell. Kimberly Mitchell. She knew how to play the play yeah. the, the card. She knew exactly what to do. Melly. Melly is a a very smart person, but you have to be fearful of someone who is ma- manipulative. You have to be afraid. And he should of a be person afraid. Like I, I agree, and I mean, I think that I think that the scene in the office for me was actually sad because I think that when she's saying it, she no longer believes it, and she basically and and and, and tons of people I think on YouTube as well as on Twitter are have asked like, well, why did she give up her career? And I think in season one we know, you know, even when Cyrus has that amazing monologue when Fitz is thinking about leaving the presidency and potentially resigning, and he basically was like, your wife, this isn't Hillary Clinton, circa blah blah blah. Your wife will leave you, and why will your wife leave you? Because she's always had political aspirations, and again, not to 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 bring in real life, but it's Hillary Clinton. Like, and I think that's what they're. Doing. They're 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 playing on real life so perfectly that she basically clearly states, "I had a miscarriage for you. I had a late late of life." Well, true, <laughs> but it's, but it shows how yeah. how invested she is in her own lives. That she said it like it's it's true. And You're people totally will right. think, people still think right. that though. Yeah. So she's like, "I had a miscarriage for you. I had a late in life baby. I was the first lady. That is political gold." So she's basically saying it to him like, "Let's talk about my political aspirations because you're not going to a next term." She doesn't believe it. She can see that basically she has made sacrifices for this man, but not for this man, for her career aspirations, and she can see that they're done. And just like Olivia, she has now become the exact opposite, the antithesis of what she wanted to become. And I think that's why even her aesthetics are changing. She's becoming aesthetically a Stepford wife, which is exactly opposite to who she is. Even that's why she says, oh, and you know I'm a great shot. She always has to throw that in, like, yeah. yo, I'm better than you. But she's not, because she's losing. Yeah. And I agree. My only problem with Melly, with her political aspirations, stop telling him how you gave up your political career for him. She has to be. No, you don't. When you do something, when you sacrifice something for somebody, that's your decision. Right. That's your choice, Melly. And you made the decision to do what you did so Fitz could be president. She could have said, no. America never had a first uh, a woman president. This is my thing. Guess what? I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, boo. They they, they would have still been married. She Melly drops bombs on Fitz all the time. Yeah. She could have dropped that bomb on him after they got married. But, but for her to sacrifice something, okay, we get it. You did stop saying it. But the other we, side always dro- the other side always drops bomb because they that's always, true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I, I mean, but I think that but to to, to kind of. Piggyback on your point, she actually didn't do it for him. She did it for yeah. herself. And I think that that's why the respect isn't there because he knows that. He knows that. He was like, no, dude, like you didn't do this for me. You did that for your own aspirations. You mm-hmm. like being in the White House. You like the power it gives you. But more importantly, she obviously mapped out her next play. And her next play was that she was going to be the first female president because on paper, she has the credentials. Do mm-hmm. you know I mean? And and her, I think why she's so upset with Fitz is if Fitz just played his position, she could get there. And I think that's that's what's going on with a lot of people, even with Cyrus. Cyrus is like, if Fitz could just play his position, he could potentially be one of the greatest presidents in the history of the world. And he would basically be, remember whatever that painting was, he would Cyrus would also have his place in history. Melly is basically if Fitz could just play his role and play his position, then she basically then could be president and be the first female president. Speaking of play um a person's next play david has clearly a next play for what he wants to do yeah. well david and we saw brenda song who plays Alyssa come back and it was nice to see them try to solve another case because remember them trying to solve the whole amanda tanner and billy thing mm-hmm. so it's nice to see that happen we see like david is truly invested but the thing in this episode it was the fact that quickly david realized that it clicked with him you know olivia's still my friend and olivia always puts the white hat on in the end like if she's doing something there has to be an underlying reason it's not just olivia trying to solve this case olivia trying to protect quinn or just uh use her her trump card and make this case go away for no reason clearly there's some bigger motive that's going on and it was nice to see that because for a while he was just starting to look stupid and once he acknowledged the fact that Despite all this evidence, something is wrong, and Olivia's still my friend. Olivia still has to ride off on the horse with the white hat. That was nice to see. And then, quickly with... I don't think... Oh, what's up? Ahead. No, go ahead. With the, 
you may think that he was looking stupid, but like he's pissed off, he's upset because he lost when he knew he should. When he so I get why he I get I, I get why he looked stupid or it appears that he looked stupid, but he had every right to feel the way he felt. So although and he's he looking still stupid, does. Yeah. And he yeah. still does. I mean, he he's like you said, he now sees that there was a bigger picture and there was a reason why you know Olivia pulled the case the way she did, but. It kind of did kill his career. It still, it still killed his career. He's at home in his boxer shorts with, like, what's her name said, a beautiful mind uh, <laughs> all over the wall. Yeah. He's he he's in that situation because of Olivia. Yeah. And let's quickly talk about Quinn and Abby. The whole episode, Abby was freaking getting on Quinn once again well, out no, of line. Well, Lindsay. Oh yeah, Lindsay, because she doesn't refer to her as Quinn. The whole freaking episode, we were literally yelling at the screen because we were so pissed, saying like, shut. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, just shut up. And then finally, at the end of the episode, it's Harrison, Quinn, and Abby at the bar having a couple of drinks. And, you know, she's still being a B to her and still addressing her as if she's Lindsay and as if she's not part of the team, which it was nice to see Quinn become part of the team again this mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Quinn just has it and she goes off on Abby and puts her in her place with the best line or one of the best lines of the episode was Harrison. And he was... <laughs> clearly tipsy he's like i'm what do you say he it, sipped his drink first and then he says and looks at her and says i'm quinn bitch <laughs> and he walks away and he walks away and i think that is gonna be that's gonna trend because yeah. yeah but no uh, abby finally somebody put her in her place um olivia can't because she's too busy right. Huck isn't that isn't that kind of guy harrison does his own thing yeah and she's not and, and abby's not doing anything to harrison so therefore yeah. it should have been quinn who put her into her place because you know she has and then the last thing before we go to predictions we end the episode with abby sleeping with david so we're gonna see where this goes what a shocker so um but let's go to predictions actually no let's let's back up real quick oh news and gossip news and gossip and shout out yeah after buzz tv news Okay. All right, real real quick, let's just do shout-outs first. Um, sadly, I don't know what's going on with iTunes. I think that you are watching so much you have crashed the system, so I hope we have that problem every day. So, again, go on to iTunes. So we do not have iTunes shout-outs because we were at, unable to access comments, but we will definitely do double duty next week. So, Twitter, we have Moni Boyce, Nikki is Chillin', T. Terrell, Kid Cooper Joe, L Pro 82 Candice Bridgel, Colbert Ost, Keisha Forrester, OBABL, Uni City 7, Devora Renee, Sports Babe 1125. Twitter, we love you. Keep tweeting us. Continue the conversation, especially about uh, David and Abby because we cut it a little bit short today. Um, YouTube, uh, Cora21ZON, Olitz Addict. I love that. Um, M-A-E-M-A-R-E-E-3-3. Literally, 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 literally. She knows what I mean. Yolanda... Uno, uh, 94 Take, Jendinoia, J-E-N-D-E-N-O-I-A, and Morena Bella 91. We appreciate you YouTubers, Twitter, and iTunes, who we did not call out today. We love you all. Continue to go on iTunes, rate, subscribe, tell a friend, continue the conversation on Twitter, and continue on YouTube. We love the comments, and uh, and yeah. And thank you to our call-in. That was Nikki Lovable, uh, Lovable Nikki at Twitter, who uh, called. Oh, I recognize you from I Twitter. I know you. You've gotten a <laughs> shout-out. Alright, so yeah. let's go to predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Alright, what's going to happen with our love triangle? Based on the previews for, for next week, Fitz is going to pull the plug because he was threatened by Melly. She said, if you talk to her, I will kill, I will dead you. And personally, I think it's a good thing. I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. I'm not tired of the love triangle, but both of them need to step back and they need to look into the situation, not from their own perspective. And it's time for a break. They can't drag this this situation out forever. It's time to step back. Maybe she need to, Olivia needs to uh, hook up with the senator. <laughs> senator, what's his name? Because uh, he was pretty dapper. Yeah, agreed. And they both need to get back to doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. So, what about Huck? Uh, I think Huck will. I don't know. I have something about David. That's the only person. I think Huck is still going. He's spiraling down. What do you have about David? I think he is. Spiraling. I think David. I think David is going to whip it so good on Abby that he's going to get her to get. Uh, <laughs> What I didn't want to say, I that was the I most agree. best word. That's, that's that was yeah. the best one. That was, uh, <laughs> I think he's gonna whip it on her so good that he's gonna get her to we get to information twice. from Abby about Olivia. 
whip a pin. I, 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 agree. I actually agree with Bam, but for a different reason, and I think it's because she's the weak link. Because yeah. at the end of the day, even even the way that they turn over there, were like, what did we do? And like, I'm not necessarily sure that they said it in terms of like, oh, it was that absolutely amazing? And let's keep it real. Like, Abby probably hasn't slept with anyone since her husband, and like, David's David. So that I'm not feeling... But it's because she's the weak link. And I think he's always known because, again, he was Olivia's friend. So I think he can tell. And he's a prosecutor. He can read personalities. He knew that there's no way he can go after Quinn. Hello, it's Quinn. He can't go after Harrison. Harrison's a litigator. He can't go after Huck. Huck's the scary guy. Who do you go after? Abby. You go after Abby. So I think that if he gets information out of her, it's because he's the weak. She's the weak link, and it will make her feel like she's useful because she's not getting information from Olivia. She's looking for power. That's yeah. pretty much yeah. What and I said. Yeah. But just in a- well, guys, as always, it was a pleasure to join you here for another Scandal After Show. Um, where can we find you guys? At Sophia Stanley on Twitter. At Bam Erickson. At Canelia. At Emilio E. Jr. and ChasingLA.com. Guys, it's always a pleasure. Please go to iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe. Same with YouTube. And we will see you all next week. Thanks, Gladiators. Bye, Gladiators. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 